Good morning. Who's on? There it is. Uh, my name is Aaron. I am the youth director here at One Life. Uh, today I have the privilege and honor to be up here with you all speaking uh, to you adults. Um, I thought about bringing you candy, but I figured we're past that stage. I don't have to bribe you to stay. Um, so I'm here this morning, and, and I, I feel uh, unqualified to be here. I, I feel, feel like I can't do this. I shouldn't be doing this because of, uh, I mean, really just because of sin in my life. I feel like, who am I to worship God? But I believe that in Christ, uh, I am qualified, and, and you are qualified, and we are qualified. Um, and it just reminds me and brings me back to this little saying I heard, uh, that feelings are legitimate, but beliefs are essential. I might feel like God doesn't love me, but that cannot determine my belief about who God is. And that's joy. I mean, that's the joy of the Lord. That's the truth of God. That he has made it possible for us to be here, to do this work, to worship and honor him. So I invite you into that space, no matter what you're feeling. Uh, though it is legitimate, they're real feelings, and that's okay. Don't let those feelings... Um, don't let those feelings breed lies in your heart about who God is. And believe that he is good, that he loves you, that he loves us, that he has established his church with purpose, and it is a good purpose. So, good morning. Um, why do we go to church? It's rhetorical. I don't, you don't need to shout out an answer. But why, why are you here? Why are we here today on Sunday? Why do we come week after week? Or uh, we come one week and then not a week and then come a week and then not two weeks. Why do we, why do, we do what we do? I happened to be watching The Voice last week, which is not a, uh, a normal occurrence. But it was on TV, so I watched it. And one of the contestants, he was a singer for the church he attends. And during one of the little mini-interviews, uh, he said that the people come to church to be moved. And I got really angry at that. Um, I run at, at emotional extremes, I guess. So um, I got a little hot, and I, I thought, no. And, and it really angered me because I know that it's been true in my life, and, and for many Christians it's true, especially in this nation, that that's, that's what we think. We go to church to be moved, to have an experience for ourselves, to go to church so we can feel forgiven, so we can feel a certain way. 
And so before I get too far into that, let me just be clear that, that being moved at church is not a bad thing. Uh, it's great. Having those feelings are wonderful. But if that is the reason for our attending, if that's the reason for our meeting each week, then we're lost. So Ephesians is the answer to our question. Why do we go to church? Why are we the church of God? And then when I saw that we were going to preach through Ephesians, I got excited. Uh, And I know I just told you that I operate in emotional extremes, but this is my excitement right here. This is what it looks like. Um, Not a whole lot changes. Uh, but I, I got excited, and I thought, yes, Ephesians, because Ephesians is uh, one of my f- most favorite books of the Bible, um, as well as Job, and I think they go hand in hand so beautifully. Uh, and if I ever had the chance to, to preach through Job, uh, I'd lose it. You might see my excitement. I might even cry. Um, but we're not going through Job, so I will save you tears. So Ephesians, along with Job, um, I feel God has really showed me uh, and helped me to understand uh, my purpose as a human being and especially as a Christian. Why am I here? Why was I born? Why do I exist? Why am I a Christian? Why do I go to church? Why is there a church? Why, 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 why? There are answers to these questions. And, and this growing in understanding has really fueled my passion for God's call in my life. Uh, so I am really excited and um, happy again and filled with joy to be here this morning. So this sermon series in Ephesians is called Rooted and Renewed. We must be rooted in the truth and reality of God's purpose for us and his church and continually renewed in our passions to pursue that reality. For we are God's people. And that name, God, carries a lot of weight. So please pray with me for what we do this morning and each Sunday we dare not attempt without the help of God our Father I thank you and praise you and worship you give glory to your name for you are God you are holy and righteous come before you humbly knowing that in and of myself I am unworthy but believing and trusting that you have sent your son to bridge the gap to reconcile men to you to bring humanity back to life so I ask that you be here with us this morning not so that we can leave with a good feeling, but so that we can stand 
and fulfill the purpose that you have set forth for us as your people. Please open our hearts and our minds to receive your word, to, to let go of doubt and trust in you. We thank you and give you praise for your son. It's in his name we pray. Amen. So our text today is Ephesians chapter 3. All of it. So I'm going to read it for us. If you could please follow along. Uh, it's on your half sheet of paper uh, that was in your bulletin. It'll be on the screen. Before I get there, I want to mention to you parents that have youth um, that come each Sunday, we are also going through Ephesians. We're following the same timeline or the same structure. Uh, so conversations can happen. Questions can be asked. Answers can be sought between you and your children. Uh, so please take advantage of that as uh, we're kind of going through the same journey, book. Uh, so Ephesians 3, let me read for us. For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have written briefly. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God, who created all things so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with the power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. So I'm going to be speaking a lot about the church's primary purpose and function this morning. That's what we're talking about. Why 
Did God establish the church? Why are we here? And that doesn't mean that all other functions are wrong or futile, but they must be found in and built upon the primary purpose. Like the frame of a house must be built on a foundation, and even the foundation must be on the earth. What we're talking about today is the earth of the church. It's the one thing that everything else must be built upon. So, Paul's been given a mission by God. A responsibility to make known to all people the mystery that has been revealed. That's, I mean, that's a huge task. This is Paul's job. To reveal to the world the mystery that is Christ Jesus. And it's not just his death and resurrection. I mean, that is crucial and at the center of it all, but what does all of that mean? What is his death and resurrection? It's all that is God's working out and solving the worldwide problem of evil to save all of mankind from death and from an enemy that seeks destruction. Christ is the ultimate display of glory, the ultimate display of the glory of God. He is the fulfillment of God's perfect plan. He's the first of a new creation. He is the new creation. He is the glory of God, the wisdom of God, the love of God. He's the power of God, the mercy of God. He is the life of God. Jesus is the end to the reign of evil, an answer to the problem of sin, the unifying of what was blown apart. He is the crushing defeat of death. Jesus Christ is so mysterious. How, how could he be all these things and infinitely more? How does all of this work together? Who is this God-man, Jesus Christ? And to Paul was given understanding of this mystery. And he was tasked with the responsibility to reveal it to the world. Paul himself says that his mission was to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God. Whoa. To bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God. I read this passage, I read, I read this chapter, I read Ephesians, I read the Bible. And, and I hear the emotion and the intensity of Paul as he desperately links these words together. As he seeks to fulfill this mission. And then I look at my life. I look at my Sunday experience my worship of God, my relationship with God. And I think, 
there's got to be something more. This simply can't be it. A life lived in worship of the one true God in active relationship with the living creator has got to be more than watching TV, than wishing and hoping for some future realization. It's got to be more than dwelling on my sinfulness and my failures. There's got to be something more than me. Paul got it. He really did. Because God gave it to him. And he gives it to us. But he knew it, and he shared it with us. And so Paul says, So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord. Why did God ever do anything that he ever did? Here's your answer. Plain as day. I mean, it's, it's right there. So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. All of this according to his eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus. That's it. Why did God establish the church? Why are we here? So that the church would display God's wisdom, not to man, not to animals, but to the angels in the heavenly realm. So that you could be moved? No. So you could have the good feelings? No. Believe it or not, it's not about you. It's not about me. Wouldn't you know it is about God? And his glory being made known. His wisdom being proclaimed. Good. That's great. I don't want it to be about me. Because that's a sad world. So that Satan, demons, angels, good and bad, would see the church and know that God is wise. That's why we're here. That's why God has saved you. That's why God has established his church and has brought you into the body of Christ. Why do you go to church? To rub the victory of Christ in Satan's face. And to cheer with all the good angels at the glory of God's wisdom. It's a celebration. We're the trophy. We are God's bragging rights. That and that alone is the primary purpose of church. 
so that Satan, demons, angels would know God is wise, God is righteous, God should be glorified. Now Paul doesn't say this, but to rub it in their face. Say, ha ha, you lose. But there's no, we, we need to be nice about this or be a, be a good winner. No, God is rubbing it in Satan's face. And he chooses and uses you and I as the church to do that. I don't want to live for any other purpose than to be the instrument of God's glory. So you mean it's not about me? It's not about feeling better or bringing my friend to church so that you can tell him about Jesus and I don't have to? not about me feeling forgiven and going home and feeling like I can finally have a good start to the week. No. Church and salvation is not primarily about you. It is about the glory of God and you and I, the church, being chosen to be a part of that. Church is God's trophy. You and I are God's trophy. His I told you so to the doubters. Now, if Jesus had failed, and if the church fails, then God is not wise. Then everything that God ever did was a waste of time and foolish because it didn't work. If the church fails, which means that Christ fails, because the church is Christ, then God was wrong, and Satan was right. And so I'm not saying that it's up to us. Uh, I'm just highlighting the truth that the church is just a piece on the chessboard. Now, game of chess, and any, really any game, but we'll stick with chess, it's, it's not about the pieces on the board. It's not about the pawn, or the rook, or the bishop, or the queen. I mean, it's really not even about the king. It's about the players. Who, which player is the wisest? Which one will be found, will be righteous at the end of the game. The one who has victory justifies all of their previous moves. There can't be no mistake if they have the victory. See, it's not about the pieces. I mean, I can't say this enough. It's not about you and I. And, and, and we also have to look at it this way. A game of chess cannot be won without the pieces. God cannot, will not, display his wisdom without his church. That is where our importance comes in. 
That's where our, our value is. That God has chosen you and I, his church, to display his wisdom. So if the king dies in a game of chess, then its handler is a fool. And if it lives, its handler is wise. Humanity has lived. Our king, Jesus Christ, has lived. And so God is wise. And everyone knows it. Most importantly, Satan, God's enemy, knows it. So this changes everything. I mean, this has to change everything. This perspective, this shift from me to him can only change everything. No longer can we seek a selfish relationship with Christ. No longer can we sing with empty voices. No longer can we pray with empty hearts. No longer can we worship with empty lives. For God has chosen us as his people to proclaim the great victory over his enemies. What we engage in here each Sunday is a blaring declaration of Christ as victorious king. This is the mystery of Christ. Part of it. Christ is victorious and we as citizens have access to that victory. Not to claim it for ourselves, but to live in it. Not to claim it for ourselves, but to live in the victory. So don't you dare lose heart. Don't you dare for one second think that you cannot endure. Don't let sin and despair blind you from the truth. Christ is king. Even when you feel as though that is not true, you must believe it. And therein lies our battle, our war. Yes, Christ's victory is over Satan, sin, death. We do not seek victory over those things for Christ has that victory but do you believe it that is your battle we live in the time of God's victory parade sometimes it's hard to cheer it's difficult to celebrate don't lose heart Christ is your victory. Believe. So there are some questions on that half sheet of paper that are there to stir some things in you, help you thinking. And um, Brian's going to come up and play some music for us as we... Uh, just spend some time praying, reflecting, repenting, worshiping. Whatever you feel God is calling you to do, 
in his space, please uh, be obedient in that. And I'm going to close up here um, by reading for us again verses 14 through 21, Paul's prayer for the church. For this reason I bow my knee before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he might grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever.